Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, Episode 73. I'm Michael John Simpson. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash something2xp. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And if you sign up for the free trial at audibletrial.com slash something2xp, it won't cost you anything extra, and they will give us a little something in return. Help us out, please. This episode is the return of Los Angeles acro yoga performer Brian Baeza, along with his creative partner Kelly Thayer. Brian and Kelly have been working together creatively for one and a half years and have been collaborators on such projects as The Showdown and The Rising, both on YouTube. Brian, Kelly, and I sat down to discuss acro yoga, the creative process, actualization, nutrition, and feminism. Find your true self. Here's episode 73 of the Something Something Experience. Hello, hello. All right, good. We're good. How's it going? Hi. Hi. Introduce yourselves. <laughs> I'm Brian. We know Brian. Yeah, and this time I'm sober. I'm yeah, no, no tequila. <laughs> no tequila this time. According to your wife... The drunker I get, the gayer I get. Um, oh, not just according to my wife. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure word gets around. Yes, yes. And I'm Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi. So, what should we talk about today? Ah, uh, anything. I mean, uh, last time we were on, I think we were trying to talk about acrobatics, and um, yeah. tequila just kept getting... Well, the, the conversation just kind of drifts. This is a more of a casual chat than an actual like organized you know interview i don't really roll that way so which is nice so uh but yeah i i mean um kelly and i have been doing acrobatics together mm-hmm. for what year and a half now yeah about that yeah uh and doing all sorts of crazy shit together um <laughs> i think the last thing we did was Put me in the ground and bury me. That was that was interesting. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, the movie. I saw the footage. That yeah, yeah the, uh, <laughs> the three minute footage, which got, which got shaved down to one, which was good. Um, but uh, that was an interesting day at the office. Uh, I, I could hear, and it was Edgar. It was Edgar's land that I got buried in, and I could just hear him going. I, I always knew it was going to end this way. As he just like covered me in dirt. That's, yeah. awesome. That's the, awesome. The two of us took a shovel full of sand, and the last thing was pouring it over his face. That really freaks me out. Yeah. yeah. That, he, he twitched a little bit. But, yeah. Oh, I was fine from the neck down. And How long did you... I'm assuming you were holding your breath down there. You didn't have, like, a, a straw or anything I, out I the side. I think I felt someone's fingers try to yeah, create some... <laughs> so some nose holes. Yeah. yeah, she... she Like, someone... Tell you, I guess. Uh, poked some nose holes in for me. Uh, bit of good that it did was that as I continued to breathe, I just felt, like, more... Sand is going to come in, but like from the neck down, it just felt like, oh, the earth is giving me a great big old hug. This is yeah. great. This yeah. is awesome. And as soon as my face got covered, I'm like, all right, we're doing this. Panic really- mode. Is yeah. Gaia going to have to choke a bit? <laughs> <laughs> kind of did. And, you know, I definitely want to put a link up to that because I think that I think that came out after the last time we were. Yeah, yeah. So much I'll have to put a link up because it's really awesome. Thank you. So um, I-, I was actually really. I didn't see the footage after we did that first take, and I just heard the reaction. I'm like, okay, this was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just move forward from here, and yeah. without me in the ground. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it actually felt a little claustrophobic, to, yeah. to be quite honest. Uh, and uh, in doing the trick, I'd realized in order 
to do the trick, I needed a little bit of line of sight, so my instinct was to open my eyes and just, you know, dirt pouring into mm-hmm. my eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this sucked. That really sucked. I'm yeah. just going to have to grin and bear it, and I made it work. And he also came up gasping for air, which just turned to a big muddy mess. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Good like, sport. Like you do. Like you do. Yeah, you yeah. know. I, I, You're buried alive. Yeah. Hey, art without suffering is... <laughs> right? Is still yeah, art, I, I think, guess. I, I think, yeah, we, we finally actually hit that, like, true artist phase. <laughs> I certainly With the suffering. Did. Yeah. Like, that's true. It was really hot, though. I feel like I get a few points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, the last time we did a photo shoot in the middle of Phoenix... And we, that oh, yeah. first location was brutal, and you weren't able to pee for about six hours. True. Because uh, there was no nowhere for you to pee. Yeah. And we're like, okay, let's just get this done. And then we went to a newer location, which seemed to work out better. Um, but it seems like a lot of our projects that we, we do together, uh, there's always, like, this... If it's not the planning stages, it's at least getting it through, and there's, like, a few bumps in the road, whether it's... Well, we probably should have rehearsed this a bit a little more. Uh, <laughs> now that we're it's... standing on this cliff's edge in, in like 110 degree heat, trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but some, of, but I and I've talked about this on the podcast with other people before. When you when you have limited time, or actually just limited resources, because time is definitely a resource as well. Mm-hmm. But when you have limited time, limited budget, limited resources. It forces you to be more creative. Absolutely. Yeah. You have a, you have all you know a giant budget and a huge thing or whatever. But even in g- big, huge, giant, multi million dollar uh, or multi hundred million dollar projects, budget projects, I I still hear a lot of of artists, creators, directors, actors, people talking, producers talking about how even with a giant budget, there's the thing where we didn't have the money or the, 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 the ability to do that exact thing that we wanted to do. So we had to wing it. We had to create, it forces you to create. So, and yeah, we've definitely gone through those phases. I mean, if you want to talk about shoestring budget, I think we're fortunate in the sense that, you know, Kelly, Kelly's background, I mean, you're in production, and, you know, I, I have various liaisons with people that do some camera work, or, sure. you know, and I do some editing myself, sure. so a lot sure. of it can be DIY, mm-hmm. and we're able to reach out to certain people, mm-hmm. and, you know, and it's fortunate, like, the people, fortunately, the people that really enjoy doing passion projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, that oh, has yeah. been, like, a super beautiful thing, is, like, seeing all the people that all come together for something that you are feeling really passionate about or really excited about and creative. Like, people get super on board to share their gifts as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, Especially when you're really showing um, Mm -hmm. follow-through. It's not Mm -hmm. just conversation. I think, like, we've done a couple before. Yeah. And then actually, and we've, like, reached out to people and it just wasn't really connecting. And then after the few were released and people were like, oh, like you're actually doing these things and they look really fun. Mm-hmm. And then we started getting a lot more people on board to like help out and collaborate. And we've been really enjoying our collaborations. Yeah. And, and the, you know, the various people that we've collaborated with, I, like I always try to make it a point, like this is a serious thing that I want to execute. Yeah. And I'll start like a mood board or like, you know, a, uh, some sort of inspiration doc. Which really helps. And... Uh, a lot of the feedback I get, right, is is that it does help, and like 
Leah, for instance, another acrobat that we work with, was like, oh my god, you took the time to make this. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is really organized. Yeah. Like, thought of color, you've thought of wardrobe, you've thought that, of... Like, that, this that, is going to be worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the recurring theme, is the is the, 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 flesh, the fleshing out of the idea on paper before mm-hmm. you, you know, the, the, the taking the time to put in the, the homework, basically. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. a big planner. Like, mm-hmm. Sure. And we'll even butt heads about this, because she's very intuitive, and I'm like, no, let's prep. <laughs> you know? And uh, the last show that we did for uh, Control Collective, Control Collective is a... Um, uh, it, it's like sort of like a, a rental um, studio space for creatives to work out of, and they host these um, kind of new agey art gallery showings. And the last one was uh, it was sponsored by Cadillac. It was called the Eye for Art Show, and we filmed a piece there. And I was very I'm I'm very fishbone with my with routines where it's like okay we'll hit like these five things and there's filler in between. And she's very much like, no, feel the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, and I'm like, I don't get what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> like, what movie do you want me to do? I'm like, what? I don't know, let's feel it out. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't work that way. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Which move is this? And yeah, and thankfully it worked out well. You know? yeah. um, we're actually working with one of the, um, uh, we met, like, we collaborated with great artists, and one of them, uh, Javier Sandoval, um, is having his very first like debut showing for his work uh, in the new year and we're going to be taking part of that and um, it, it's sorry I'll put that on that <laughs> that's my bad mm-hmm. uh, well uh, he'll um, his concepts are really out there mm-hmm. and he enjoys conversing with people and finding out like what makes them tick and like finding people to collaborate like that not just like here I'm regurgitating all my masturbatory ideas, but I want to hear what makes you tick because that'll inspire me and we can sure. create something even greater. And that's, sure. that's a really rewarding experience yeah. to, to come away with that. So that's something that's re- we're really excited to be a part of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's not looking for, he's not like creating a square hole and finding, needing to find that perfect shape to fit in that he starts to build and then he seeks out people to, get their input and then we start building it together it's it's super fun yeah and i I think the the key word here for me is storytelling like we're storytelling through movement sure and um you know for me like i always try to like well what narrative can i tell from here it doesn't have to be like a point a to point b but maybe there's some sort of like messaging or or story that that could uh evoke you know an emotion doesn't have to be a great one, but it'll, it'll evoke something. Sure, sure. Laughter is a great one. Like we, you know, we're a couple of knuckleheads that you know <laughs> will put me in the ground and 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 do like a, a makeshift zombie video. And then the year before that, we, we took a bunch of Nerf guns and like did a ten minute acrobatic featurette. Um, part with, of it with, was with dive dive shots and stuff. And um, we. <laughs> <laughs> This was my idea, and I just remember John going, why are we doing this? <laughs> and I just said to Brian, I was like, you know what? You want to do this? You've like laid it all out? I'm, I'm game. You just point me in a direction. Let's, let's do this. Like, This is your vision, and I, I want to see what you have. And it was super fun. And yeah, we just um, lined up, got into a pose called a foot-to-hand, and faced each other and basically had a duel with dark guns, and then it turned into the lightsabers. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, literally that was spawned from, I, I think I got drunk one night and watched a crap ton of Mel Brooks movies, and somewhere in there was Hot Shots. Don't ask me why. Hmm. It, I know, it was, <laughs> it's one of those, like, oh, it's filler, but I get it, and, you know, it's, it fills my need for, you know, that sort of weird humor, and... Hot Shots is great. I, I love that. I love, I like any, I love the, the, that thing of, of, uh playing wacky comedy completely straight. The Zucker Abrams Zucker yeah. school. I mean, obviously it's a Jim Abrams movie. The Zucker Abrams Zucker, you know, your airplane, your top secret, your, you know, uh, and then gun. and then Police Squad, Naked Gun. Yeah. Have you guys seen Angie Trebecca? It's a I, sh- I, I on show on TBS. It's, completely it's Rashida Jones and it's it's um and a whole bunch of other people and it's a police procedural, but it's done in that style. It's complete wacky comedy played completely straight and it's it's that and it's i think it's written written uh and and produced by steve carell and his wife yeah that's and, right and yeah. it's it's amazing it's 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 the old police squad show that that you know was the precursor to the naked gun movies and it was it's that zucker abram zucker thing where you 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 have these people playing straight but doing big broad comedy but playing it completely like straight drama and it works so well so great it's just they don't, you know, it's the thing where they don't even like necessarily pause for beats, but you're just laughing hysterically because somebody something will happen, and you'll or you'll see something in the background or whatever, and it's just it's really. It's funny. like when you can like rewatch, 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 and get something yes. from it every time. Yeah, it looks like Airplane. I could watch that movie thirty million times, can too. and uh, I that, feel like that's where we connect is our humor. Right. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. we're a couple of knuckleheads. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's that was kind of <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the attitude that I was going for with the showdown was play it straight. There were no lines, all this gravitas, but really we're doing acrobatics and shooting each other with Nerf guns and then having a lightsaber fight, like, uh, you know, a, a person high in the air. Um, it's showing skill without needing to like be so fixated on it. It's, it's, Telling the story right. with the skill. Well, the skill, the acrobatics, and the skill serves the story. It's yeah. not. It's not like you said. It's not masturbatory. It's. Mm-hmm. It's. It's. That's. It's like like Cirque du Soleil. You have yeah. these people doing these amazing, incredible, you know, body twisting, contortiony things, mm-hmm. but they're telling a story at yeah. the same time, and the story part of it actually shines through. Because otherwise, if you're just doing, if you're just doing acrobatics, you're just doing acrobatics, and if you're trying to, to let, throw a, a veneer of a story on right. top of acrobatics, then it's kind of pretentious. But if you're actually serving the story first, and 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 the acrobatics is the is the method by which you're doing it or enhancing it, then yeah, it's definitely good. our vehicle. And yeah. you know, um, we've we've taught we we actually see a lot of um, people who do Cirque, actual Cirque, uh, and you know, we're all within that that fabric of you know. I started doing acrobatics. Um, this seriously uh, about five years ago when I first stepped onto Original Muscle Beach, that patch of green mm-hmm. uh, near the near the uh, beach, and I was just amazed at the uh, skill that people were doing, and for free, just for people to... It was really their, their time to train, but people would just stop, and I would be among them, uh, and that's when I really got, it, got hooked into it, and I think that's where we met. Yeah. And really, they're just training, and uh, when they, when a lot of them who do work professionally do shows, I could listen to them talk for hours about their craft because mm-hmm. um, they're not really looking for high spots or you know 
big, you know, crescendos, they're they're also looking to tell a story because that serves the purpose for that big crescendo. Otherwise, it's just flat and a bunch of a bunch of skills that no one can really connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's that's the stuff that really drives me. That uh, in terms of being able to evoke something through movement. So cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it's just such a really cool thing that always relates back to everyday life too like I think every single day I always have a new breakthrough or accomplishment there's never a time I meet up where I'm just I leave unfulfilled like there's always something that I get out of it and I remember when you and I first started working together I we would just laugh the whole time I'm like (laughs) I I don't think this is gonna work like how how are we ever going to like better our practice if we just are laughing the whole time and because you lose strength when you laugh and and you know physical strength well, but it would build like different types of strength I, I think you made a really good point though because um i worked we both have worked with various partners and the one thing that I'll, I'll tell people is that i could work with someone with great skill but if they're not fun to work with it's a drag mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. a complete drag mm-hmm. whereas if if you have that rapport skill will come later like that'll always come later Uh, but you know you're at least having fun doing Mm -hmm. the work to build yourself to a point where you can present something Uh, and you know uh, a lot of what we do is like a celebration of um, what the human body is capable of especially when you're working in tandem with Mm -hmm. a couple of human beings and um, I'll always be grateful for uh, the OMB culture because you know that that weaved fabric has been so generous uh, to our mm-hmm. uh, cultivation of skill and, and art, and um, we always run into uh, new people wanting to do uh, a variety of things, and not just in acrobatics, but as the flow arts in general. I mean, we know hoopers and we know uh, fire dancers and, and circ people and people who walk on stilts and you know some people who just do this for sport and it's all fine because we all share that same language of play and that that is that in and itself is very rewarding and also a really great message of just following what you find enjoyment in and you'll find purpose for it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what that really gives back to you in your life it's you get so caught up in like the shouldas the couldas the wouldas and and you're just thinking you're too tired, you don't have time, all of this stuff, and you get really bogged down by that. But then as soon as you start making steps towards, I just enjoy this. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, everything just fills in after that. And this practice has definitely proven that to me. I I was working sometimes like 80 hours a week, and I just was like, I just don't see how this can happen. And just little by little, I started fitting it in, and I actually felt less tired. I felt yeah. way more fulfilled. I was starting to make all kinds of connections with more things that I had lost touch with Mm. and I learned more about myself and my relationships with just people in general and it just it just kept um getting me back on track on a path that I had wandered away from Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and learning how even how I was saying like with Brian and I's partnership how like it started off where like and a practical, my practical mind was like, I don't see this is going to work. Like, we're not getting anything done. And then, and then we just kept going and was like, well, this is fun. Like, why stop? And then we found a way 
and we found our path with it and that was to just do these like really fun little videos and to laugh at our mistakes and support each other and it just then all of a sudden started to come together by embracing something that felt good and it was like working and you didn't have to like make any sense of it on a practical sense it just kept going in that direction of like well this is working this is what's working for us and how we're communicating so let's just keep doing it and then then our skill then started really developing after that and to that end like our our camaraderie and you'll you'll find you know in, in our culture and, and community, you'll find a variety of people who have that same camaraderie, yeah. even on a larger scale. And that's how we attract people that don't necessarily do acro, but they have other skills that, like, oh, I really want to work with you on on this thing. That, that's how we found uh, Javier. Um, that's how we found Tyler Ramsey, who's another artist that we've worked with. Um, who uh, Tyler, <laughs> that guy. Uh, and if, if you're listening, uh, uh, less caffeine, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, that guy is just so animated. He he he'll have like a bunch of different ideas, and I'm like I'm you know in my conversations with him, I'm like I'm trying to figure out just one idea that we can work with. Whereas like for me, I love that. I'm like throw it, like send it my way. Like, that's why yeah. I grab you and I put you in front of me and like you figure this one out. Yeah. Uh, but no, he's he's one of those guys that has like a billion different things that he wants to execute all at once, uh, and That's this me. like I, I I kind of call it the sphere of ideas rather than the line of ideas, mm-hmm. where it's just like you're in you're in that you know ozone layer, and you're just gonna make sense of it and, and figure it out later, and you know I I can take bits and pieces and, and like figure it out linearly and find a way to execute, but um, a lot of it has been really rewarding. Um, uh, I mean, you've, you've been working with uh, Phenotribe recently, right? Yes, yeah. with the Cosmic Carnival crew. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and even that too, like, I would just, when you see people who are going after these passion projects, right. just like running full speed with it, and then seeing how it starts to pick up those people who are on board trying to do the same thing and find something creative, and they're getting inspired, and then by them being pulled in, then they're inspiring somebody else, and everybody just keeps kind of jumping onto this boat, and um, it just gains more and more momentum, because you have more legs running, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that, um, that, it's just this, like, all of a sudden, this, like, building, it just starts to develop, and grow, and grow, and grow, and grow, and then it splits off into, like, more, and I just so love that, um, sharing of passion and that um uh that collaboration projects of just of what you can do and just all you know talking talking right. to Tyler and everything too yeah. how excited he gets when he sees something and then I get excited watching him and that whole like back and forth of that power of just fueling and building and, yeah, and more I, and more people you know n- you know, it's just being able to inspire people to continue with something that might not make sense at first, but just continue with something that you're really connecting with because we all have our place in life. Mm-hmm. And by you denying that path, you're also denying a bunch of other people because there's people that will pick up on with what you're doing. So just continue on it and it'll it'll make start to make sense and come together. And that's, I, I mean, that's the same in just every form of, cre- you know, creative collaboration I mean I don't well, I mean what's your experience been with uh, 
a creative collaboration and bringing people into passion projects? Well, I mean, my my big passion project is the podcast. I don't have as much, I haven't had as much time to devote to it lately because I've been spending a lot more time in in social situations. But back to the thing when you were talking about about you know working and 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 getting all caught up in that, and then finding this thing that you started actually making, t- creating time, carving out time to to serve that that theme of actualization has been has been a big part of my life this year particularly and that's what i'm getting a lot of reward back from is 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 being more me and finding and and, and it was that thing of waking up and and going oh i'm back in situations and 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 things that i haven't been in in a long time and and it's like oh that's where I've been hiding. That's where I've been, you know, and, and a part of you wakes back up and you feel like a whole person again. And even though you've been a whole person and things have been okay, there's a part of it that you didn't realize how much you missed until you're back in it. And then, and once you go down that path, you, you put more time and effort toward that and you get more in return. You get way more in return than what you did do for a nine to five job or unless your nine to five job is, is the one thing is the one thing that you're, unless you're, you know, making your bread and butter off the, off of your one passion thing. I mean, if I could make money off the podcast, I would do it all the time. I would do three or four a week and do the thing like that. So, you know, uh, but now it's still that thing that fulfills me. One of those things that fulfills me and, and I keep making all these wonderful connections and connections upon connections and just being able to get, bring people and sit them down and have them talk, chit chat about their the thing that makes them tick, and you know, in your case, it's the acro thing. Mm-hmm. What's your What's your experience or your your beginnings with with acro, Kelly? Um, I did gymnastics all growing up as a kid, and I've done like lots of movement my whole life, and I was also an artist. I really like to draw and mm-hmm. and sculpt and build. And when I stopped doing that because I was trying to be more practical and like my parents couldn't bring me anymore and I accepted that and still try to find like other outlets and I just slowly got much more tired, a lot less approachable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I just sunk deeper and deeper into this quicksand and didn't know how to get out of it and I kept trying to like fit it in and when I was in college um, I was juggling so many things and I still kept trying to like fit in a dance class or whatever I could do um, that was I would like check out my opportunities and see how I could fit it in and it just it wasn't really working and and I was just so tired and I came out to California and decided I just have to like make money and I started doing my production job that takes eats away a lot Mm -hmm. of my time Mm -hmm. and I just wasn't liking the person that was kind of coming out of me and was shifting and I saw some people doing at the green at OMB um this acro yoga acrobatics or you know whatever they they call it Risley and they were just super welcoming. Like, I was standing there and then made my friend, like, go over and ask. And I, because I have such, like, kind of an ego about it. Because I identify with myself as, like, this gymnast and this creative type. But I hadn't done it in so long that my ego was getting in the way. And 
they asked about it and said, oh, just come down. And so I went down and I was still having some like little resistance with, like I, I vision myself at this level and I have to start all over and, and how do I fit it in in time? And then I just kept coming around it and around it and I'm seeing, um, it just kept, the more I was thinking about it, it just kind of kept creeping more into my life and I started seeing it more often and until finally my friend was holding a creative event and there was people performing and I was like that's it I just it's it's coming more into my life and this is what I need to do and I need to get over myself and and you just you you gotta start to get somewhere and I just kept asking them about it until they opened they started a class Mm -hmm. and then um it was a a very free-floating class. I didn't have to commit to anything. And, and from that class, it was just was sucked class, in. Right? Yeah. 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 Sucked in. And um, I had some really amazing people supporting me along that way um, because it was a little intimidating. I, I'm much more of like an introvert sometimes. And to that. have to like connect with people on that level and it, it makes you so exposed to be in close contact with somebody where they can see everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, all of that community is so supportive and just kept encouraging me until I got over it. Mm-hmm. And then I excelled very quickly as soon as I got on my own way. Right, right. Yeah. It's amazing how once you, you meet like-minded people and you you are you and then you get around other people who feed, feed you back to you. You know, yeah. it's like it's like... And I'm not talking about like echo chamber kind of thing, but that thing of, of when you're when you're actualized and people who serve that you know your ability to do that as well, and, and how that feeds back on because you're doing the same thing for them, and it's and mm-hmm. that collab, that that communal sense of, of of all all pointing in the same direction or all creating the same thing. I guess it's kind of like I want to call it social symbiosis. Yeah, sure, because sure. you know sure. we're. Everyone is there to benefit, to get, to be benefited from, but but there it's a, it's a thing where they're all putting in, they're all giving exactly, and, and putting in, parasitic. right, and right, right, everything right. is sort of being built up. You, you put community. you put time and care into a, a group thing, and you get taken care of in return. Right, right. Yeah, it's definitely feeding mm-hmm. on on all levels. Mm-hmm. And then I just was starting, like how you said, like I just started feeling like myself again. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel, I, I had this sort of like vision of my whole body being wilted and I just took this huge glass of water and it all just came back to life and then everything just started to flow a lot better and easier and I felt like I was way more approachable and uh, I set that intention and didn't put the pressure on a time frame and just let it happen and it it just unfolded a lot quicker than I expected yeah and I think that that story is like an echo of a half a dozen other people in this community that have that have found this um and 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 in the sense that you know you you get really bogged down by the drag of the nine to five and the routine and 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 you know um, as soon as you find the thing that you're really passionate about, and if you are truly passionate about it, you will find the time to carve in to make time for that. And, you know, whether it takes a couple of weeks or it takes years, it's going to happen. And when I first entered OMB, I think I watched for about two, <laughs> for yeah. about two years yeah. <laughs> until, until one of them was like, 
Hey, I've seen you do handstands. You should do this. And then that's that's just how it started. I did a handstand for the first time in 20 years the other day. Awesome. Danny sent me, had been sending me photos of your handstand. Yeah. yeah. She's just, she's like, this she was asshole. like, oh my god, you can do that. And she was just like, wom, you know. She's like, this asshole. I have no upper body strength. Like, you would get it. Like, you can, and then, Keep doing push-ups. Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing. I mean, I mean, us working together and us working with different people, we build each other up, and you know that's something that you can, you can do for each other. Is sure, that, like sure. You know, I spot her in her hands, and she spots me in mine, and we keep each other honest because mm-hmm. uh, that's how we make each other better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I, I think only in the past couple of years that um, our the skill level from beginner to you know, intermediate advance has uh, it's grown exponentially. Like it's when I first started coming, there was like a peak pose that's fairly elementary to me, and then what I've noticed people that enter this uh, from like day one, and then inside of a couple of months, they're doing you know pretty risky advanced stuff. And I'm like, didn't you? Were you struggling with front bird? Like two, you know, two weeks ago? That's really. That, awesome that you're excelling really quickly um but you know that i guess that's a testament to um as a community how we work to build each other up mm-hmm. um and you really get the chance to um accept who you are as mm-hmm. well and uh and know that we all have something to offer and whether you have any type of athletic experience or not it doesn't matter you have something to offer and, yeah. and um, like the other day, I nailed this trick. I have been struggling with it's a bit of my nemesis. Hand-to-hand. And hand to hand, and I really head trip over it. And I know I can do it. I just really head trip about this certain entry. So I started playing with other entries that are more advanced, but I knew, I know myself enough to know, I understand what it is that I'm have a blockage with and let's try another way around it and about bringing people in who I really feel comfortable with because I will commit a lot more to it oh yeah if you don't commit you are already setting yourself up for failure right right and so I made sure that I had set that up where I felt comfortable with somebody that I had started with a long time ago and he happened to be in town and then that there was another guy who I felt safe spotting and there was just a room of really lovely people that I feel really comfortable with. And we weren't getting it, weren't getting it. And then they gave me one little, like, cue that just sort of set me at ease to get my head clear. Seamless. Easy. And I shocked myself. And it was great. And when I came down, everybody came over and gave me a hug. Right. And, like, that that's what it's about. Like, we are all there I'm sorry I missed that. I think I left really early. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, this but, was the inlocate. Yeah, inlocate to Hanahan. And and it just it helped me break that block. Mm-hmm. And then once you get it once, you muscle memory it. And it's about just continually taking whatever steps you need to to accomplish what you're going after and sealing it in by making it a pleasant experience because if it's if you continually drill something that's not working find another way around it because if you keep going to something that you're connecting as being a negative experience then what's the point point? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and for the listeners who don't know what a hand to hand is 
Um, essentially, you're doing a handstand on someone else's hands, uh, and the in-locate is a very difficult entry into it. Um, I, I have also, uh, as a flyer, and this is something that I've, I've been really stoked about lately, is that uh, I've, I've been flying a lot more, and uh, the tendency for a lot of people who are outside of our community is that, oh, you know, tiny girl, big guy, yeah. that's generally what the norm is, is that the guy is always the base and the, the lady is also a flyer. I work with a, a bunch of like really skilled guys, and I've had to really be honest about my technique in order for me to attempt uh, a lot of these moves as a flyer. So, you know, it's been really great to go both ways. And... Um, that you, you've and tequila helps with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. I was waiting for I was waiting for the double entendre. Thank you. Uh, do we let this slide or do we? <laughs> I, I mean, we may as well. Oh uh, no, I'm not going to let it slide. No, 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 no. By the way, and none of our acrobatic terminology can can not be taken in in a, not a double entendre. But I mean, you you've been swinging both ways too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I do lady basing with uh, a lovely lady named Leah, and we're both about the same size, and we are not taken seriously as lifters, I guess you could say, the base, and so we're like, yo, I trust you, I feel really comfortable with you, let's do this, like, we have really great communication, and that's another thing, it's like, when you find something that, somebody that you really click with and feel um, like you have some good communication to build with then that's the time to like jump in and just really get that practice going and yeah we we have like learned to base each other and then have expanded to base other people and hold workshops to support other people you should base michael yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah danny's been trying to talk me you should go do acro yoga i'm like i don't know about that (laughs) she was great when she came to class and i was you know i i felt bad because when we constructed the curriculum I'm like oh god this is really hard <laughs> like and I'm saying that as the instructor I'm like this is really hard and she did great and you know a lot of it is also on the end of the conservative end of the spectrum where she was like yep this is risky uh, I don't know how to do this I'm gonna either call call in someone to uh, help instruct this or I'm not gonna do it and like that that's good Preser- uh, preservative thought. She's been, yeah, she's been talking a lot about this. A lot of our fitness journey has has brought out a lot of fearlessness in her, not only in 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 terms of athleticism, but also in terms of social the social aspect right. as well. But Kitty Brown still talks about the the last podcast oh, we right. did, and and uh, God, I flew her drunk, <laughs> <laughs> but still did it. I have pictures, uh. um, but. Yeah, she still talks about that. So, mm-hmm. and and still is, uh, you know. And Kitty's a beast. Yeah, Kitty yeah. is is. Yeah, she's uh, she's spending and spends all her time with Eskrima and Kendo and 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 she does and German longsword and, yeah. and and bow and arrow and all that archery and all that. But yeah, she's constantly working on on turning herself into a warrior. So that Mad Max picture that she posted was mm-hmm. pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, and now she's sporting a Death Hawk too, which is like, it was great. We were at we were at uh, Disco Necro last weekend, and Kitty got her hair dyed from from purple to blood red, and and can and like put her hawk up and had that the Death Hawk yeah. up and flying, and it's like total death rock look for her and and it's like wow that was that was crazy so yeah that was that was cool 
And transformation is real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's doing it. She's embodying that that transformation. So, so and ready to kick anyone's ass to who tries to tell her otherwise or put her in a box or yeah. or mm-hmm. touch her unwantingly. I mean, I'm assuming there's a lot of that still at the clubs, or no, not necessarily at the goth clubs, but definitely out in the world. And I mean, she gets that all the time. But she says that ever since she she shaved her head for the Death Hawk, she's not getting harassed in the street anymore, which is which she's like awesome, great, awesome. added extra added unknown side benefit of, <laughs> of feeling more like me. So yeah. unfortunately, she's a graphic designer, so she can pretty much do. Whatever, get away with whatever, doing whatever she wants with and, her hair and stuff. So. And there's there's something to be said about um, being able to display yourself in your true self mm-hmm. and owning it because there's vulnerability in that, but there's also honesty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're honest about like this is how I want to present myself, screw everyone else. Right. That's your baggage. Right. You right. know, uh, the same can be said for I'm like what we do. Still trying to get up the courage to wear nail polish to work because if it was my choice, I would have my nails painted. I've talked about this on the podcast a million <laughs> times. I'd have my nails painted all the time and. Even though it works pretty good about piercings and tattoos, I mean, I just got a tattoo on my forearm, and, and that's showing all the right. time now. And so, but yeah, I mean, that's that's like one of the one of the last hurdles with my current job. So you know, and it's fine. Um. Hi everyone, Michael here with a special offer for you, the listeners of the Something Something Experience podcast. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I personally recommend Born Standing Up, A Comic's Life by Steve Martin. In the mid-1970s, Steve Martin exploded into the comedy scene. By 1978, he was the biggest concert draw in the history of stand-up. In 1981, he quit forever. Born Standing Up is, in his own words, the story of, quote, why I did stand-up and why I walked away, end quote. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash something2xp. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash something2xp for your free audiobook. If you sign up using that URL, they'll give us a little something in return, and you'll be supporting an independent podcast just like that. Thanks for listening, and now, back to the show. If there's any place that's going to be accepting of it, it's always going to be in, like, the metropolitan area, especially L.A. Right. But, it, again, it depends on where you work. Well, I'm in, working in Pasadena, but it's it's a place where we, you know, we don't deal with customers that much. So, right. and, 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 you know, we're just engineers sitting and solving server problems. But they're getting ready to move to Valencia, so I'm going to have it wind up with a five, ten a minute commute here oh in a month gosh. or two. It's great. So, no more hour-long each way I'm, commute. I'm really jealous of you right now. Yeah. But... Yeah, in, in terms of, um, I, I I was thinner when I was younger, but I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before too. I was thinner when I was younger, but I was never fit. I was never, you know, had any sense of athleticism um, or never thought about what I ate or never thought about this or that or how much sleep I was getting, how much water I was drinking. And since we started, you know, with the fitness path in January of 2015, you know, I'm a diff, completely different person, have a different mindset. I've changed my life completely. It's not just a fad thing or a temporary thing. You know, it's you a lifestyle choice. It's a lifestyle choice. And it's not even a lifestyle. It's just a life, life. choice and changing one's life. And um, now I think, I don't think of, I don't shy away from certain things anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel uh, more empowered and more comfortable in my own skin um, and you know, like we go to, uh, clothing optional adult parties on occasion, it happens and, and I don't have a problem fitting in in that regard anymore because I'm like, 
so I am, and here I am, boom, done. And 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 again, part of that whole actualization thing of feeling like you're free and just skin. comfortable in your own skin, yeah. and and you know, that's a great feeling. If you're if you're in a place where they don't, where there are, there is a uh, a liberation of, of of a sense of propriety, that that's not necessarily a thing. That's it's a great feeling to be around other people who are very free to be themselves as well in that regard. So it's nice. So. I mean, and going back to, you know, growing up, uh, uh, and, and not really understanding your own dietary needs, uh, for the long term. I mean, I grew up Filipino mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to say that there are two major food groups, lard and rice. Yeah. yeah. And man, it was like, it was I am really astounded. Hard. I am astounded by the Filipino people I have met who eat like crap and look and look and are 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 healthy as fuck i mean just so trim and so healthy and it's like how could you eat if i ate that i would die you know if you're you're constantly running away from your filipino mom i mean you're constantly you know she's constantly like chasing you it's like well well shit if it works for him man pass the balut man (laughs) right i've been trying to get people on the balut train and no i'm not doing that (laughs) i saw that it's a little too exotic for me i saw that on fear factor i'm like what you just Throw a little salt on there and have a good time. Wow. It is not an aphrodisiac. Though. No, no, no part of the bullet nope. makes me feel amorous. Nope, nope. By the nope. way, bullet is fertilized chick or duck egg. Yeah, where you drink the amniotic fluid and then excavate the fetus and chow down. Yeah, have fun much. with your have yeah. fun with your meals. Yeah. Guys. yeah, it's a little too exotic for my taste. And I've I've eaten Malaysian food. I've had you know the thing the fish head soup, and I've had the have the dish that's made of the whole a whole like little. Um, little uh, minnows or little tiny fish and red sauce and it's just whole fish I've had that I've had all kinds of different things like that raw this and that and everything but the blood a little exotic all she me. eats is crackers like she constantly carries I eat all the time and oh yeah every three hours gotta have something in my face yes gotta have it. that's how I am and it's it turns out that's better for you so it sweet, is you know and that's another thing. You know, it's like when I was growing up, you would have like one big meal and that just never worked with me. And then come to find out, I had the right thing all done. You have some kind of little <laughs> tiny whatever granola bar for breakfast mm-hmm. and out the door and then you eat like a regular lunch and you come home and eat a big, huge dinner. And it's yeah, like, yeah, it's not no, lethargic. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, I always, like at my desk, under my Darth Vader helmet is like a stash of, and this has been my thing recently, it's been like the peanut butter filled pretzels. Yeah. Dude, that... Um, the the sesame seed sticks or the uh, the pretzels that are covered in like the uh, honey mustard. My problem is I have I have there's that switch in the brain the hypothalamus thing I've talked about this before that 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 whole thing hey dummy you're full stop eating doesn't and there's certain foods that I've I've realized now that there's certain trigger foods for me that I can't, once I've had a bite, I cannot you stop. can't stop. Totally. can't stop. Peanut yeah. butter is one of those peanut things. I love peanut butter, and I will eat a sip with a spoon and eat a jar of <laughs> peanut butter. I can't do it until I'm sick, and I can't, I can't have just a little bit of peanut butter. I'm actually getting to the point where I can't even have a little bit of pizza anymore. Uh, Although if I eat, like, margarita fresca, that's fine. It's the red sauce. If I, I eat red sauce, red sauce, uh, meat-oriented pizza, I will eat a whole pizza. Ice cream is mine. And 
you know, we'll, we'll go to Salt and Straw. And I, I had some ice cream the other night. There was some in the fridge, and I was like, okay, I'm going to eat this. And I just took a little bit, just a taste of it. That's how it, it starts. It was just a taste of it, and it was fine. I was actually fine. I was really surprised with myself. Really? It's like, I had just a little tiny taste, of, not even a serving, and I was able to put it back, put sweets. it away again. That's sweets great. I can do that with. I'll, if I get a craving for sweets, I'll have one or two bites, and I'm totally fine. Right. But it is good to identify the things that will send you over the edge. I have trigger foods, and I like, like I said, pizza, I can't. Once I eat... Like if I, my favorite pizza in the world is is like a sausage and mushroom, like Italian, like crumbled sausage and mushroom. Yeah. And if I have one slice, one bite, I'm I'm eating the whole thing. But it's also good. I have to, to order smaller and smaller and smaller pizzas, or I don't. That's you know. good idea. Um, yeah, but it's good to take a look at that. Why? Because I I'm I'm a petite person. I have a high metabolism, so I've never really had to restrict myself or think about food a lot and then when I came to California there's so much emphasis on that and I was working so much I was not eating well and so I really did start to pay attention to why I was craving certain things and that significantly helped because I what was good with me not having to worry about food was I would go for things that I was craving and so it was great for me to know what my body needed and I would give my body that and so this was just another way of looking at it of like, well, why am I craving the peanut butter? What is it in that that is, um, that I, my body Fat, needs to want? Fat, salt, sugar. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was a very it's healthy thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't necessarily a taste thing. It was um, just uh, something that my body needed. And it was the protein. I wanted to feel full and yeah, like yeah, sustainable. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. there was the salt. But peanut butter doesn't stick with you. It is a protein, but it doesn't quite stick with you. Right. And so, but I was yeah. noticing like, and it just gave me a little bit more self-awareness because then I was craving tons of salt, like the crackers, the breads, right. the peanut butter. Also carbs. And so. yeah, because I have the high metabolism. Well, so much bread has so much sodium in it. And I, my, my one food that stops me from my, from my weight loss goals or one element is sodium. If I have too much sodium, I gain, I retain water, that, yeah, and, that's, and that's it. Yeah. So, well, so what I was noticing was, is I never drink enough water, and that's why I was craving all these things because I, my body wanted to replenish all of that like sodium salt content, and I was starting to have like these pains in my kidneys, and was kind of made sense of it, duh, and it was because of the water, and I can't, I, since I am tiny, I don't like to have a lot of liquid. Because it just makes me feel just really uncomfortable and mm-hmm, full. Mm-hmm. And so then I started figuring out ways of trying to bring it into my body where I might put a little like electrolytes in my water until my body became much, it learned how to absorb it better again. Because I just, my body was figuring out ways of pulling it from my food, which is why I was like also starving all the mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I started to teach my body how to absorb that nutrients properly again, it shifted and I yeah. wasn't as hungry anymore. The water really helps with that. And yeah. then I actually started noticing what the difference was between like hunger and um, being thirsty, which I never thought that would be confusion. No, no. So yeah, it was just great to acknowledge like why. Like why is it about that certain pizza? That is making you go off the. the it's end the, of it's it. the fat and the it's the fat and the salt. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it's it's that thing of of you know that's what made that's what makes food taste good. That's why French food is so goddamn good is because it's got all that fat and salt in it. And um, but but then they eat a little tiny bit of it. They right. just eat that enough to have a taste. Because really, they say that 
Epicureans and, and nutritionists say that basically after a third bite of something, you're not really even tasting it anymore. You're just shoveling it totally. in. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's why a lot of French people, Americans always had that thing of, hey, you go to a French restaurant, you're getting ripped off because you, you're, you're there because you want that taste of that thing. It in it. But it's so rich yeah. that you only want a little and, and bit of it. And the taste is more experiential. Yeah. And that, you know, yeah. that can be great. You know, uh, but in terms of what you need to feed your body, especially if you're if you're an athlete, and, and you know this, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've had bouts where you know the beginning stages of, of when I was doing this, I wouldn't eat, and it sucked. Mm-hmm. It really sucked. And having having a good social group and being able to eat socially mm-hmm. really helps with that because yeah. then you can eat honestly right. and, and not feel bad about it. Well, I, I'm really religious about my, my fitness pal and putting every bite that passes my lips into there and really being having an honest assessment. Wow. Even if I've gone over my calories for a day, having an honest assessment of what I've been eating. Yeah. And the, what, and about, fun. what about if you make the pizza, let's say, and then a couple of other dishes, would you spread it out? Like, would you eat... I mean, if there was some, usually, usually at our house, when we get pizza, that's all we do is we yeah. get pizza, so but it would be, be helpful if we had pizza and then made a big, big thing of veggie, like threw some green beans or, yeah. or uh, Brussels sprouts in the right. oven. And that way I have something else in addition. Right. When we cook for ourselves, we cook a, a one, one serving of meat for each person plus one extra for lunch the next day. But then we make a mountain of vegetables. And when I go back for seconds, I go back for vegetables right. instead of meat. Mm-hmm. And so... That's that's a better thing to do. But when it comes to pizza, usually when you're getting pizza, you're just getting pizza, right. or you're getting pizza and crazy bread, right. or something that, like that's that. That's like your, your your naughty meal, right? So you're just like fine, right. I'm just gonna go big. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the pizza thing. I, I like I said, now I've gotten to the point where I'm splitting splitting pizzas with a person because we used to each order our own pizza one person right. for each, one pizza for each person with supposedly with leftovers but I'd get a 12 inch pizza and always eat the whole thing right. so now I'm either splitting with someone else but I'm also getting away from the red sauce thing and finding that the margarita fresca pizza um, uh, and there's no meat on that necessarily is just as fulfilling as the other one in terms of fullness but I don't feel the need to eat the whole damn thing um, I mean, you and I both work in an office, and th- this is a common occurrence in my office where uh, this meeting just got out, they ordered food, and there's it's a left ton over. of leftovers, it's all for the taking, and it's like pizza. I will not stay donuts. away from that. I, I will not stay away from Yeah, and it's all... Th- this is a conversation that I've had in, in my head. It's like, uh, do you want the pizza? Nope. An hour later, do you want the pizza? Nope. An hour later, do you want the pizza? Nope. Yeah. It, it happens about 50 it, times, and that 51st time, you... You reach for the pizza, right? Right. All that willpower gone. Well, it's not even a yeah. It's a matter of the difference between saying no and eating the whole thing, you know. And there's right. no middle of the road. There's no having a bite or a a slice or whatever. Like Thursday, I had my regular lunch, and we were doing some kind of training or whatever. And the boss was in, and they ordered in lunch, and it's Mediterranean food, and I that's another thing. I'm just like, and so. I had my full lunch, and then I went back and had a full meal of, of you know Mediterranean food on top of that. I basically had to skip dinner because I ate all of my calories through the rest of the day going back for Mediterranean food, and Mediterranean food's all full of salt, too. So, um, And, of course, it had to be on a Thursday, so Friday weigh-in was killed with, with that. But, um, <laughs> but so yeah. So skipping dinner is okay. Just be, You probably have to alter your sleep pattern. Like I've, I've I've skipped dinner, but like I've also slept earlier. Yeah, and that actually worked out great. Well, yeah. well I just drink water for the rest of the evening. So, 
or I like the, to do smoothie at nighttime too. Like I sometimes eat two or three things for breakfast, like two breakfasts, and then second breakfast. Yeah, I'll like <laughs> like two, two to three sometimes because that's where I get all of my energy, and then I've been told to breakfast that it. Um, uses the food better than if you eat later in the day. Mm-hmm. And so that mm-hmm. first things that you're putting in your body, it'll find purposes for them. And then throughout the rest of the day, you're going to feel a lot more like fulfilled. If I've, if I've killed my calories for the day and skipped dinner, like I'll have a bowl of cereal or something. Yeah. And then, cause the milk, you know, the milk kind of fills you up and we drink almond milk at the house. Um, cause Danny's lactose intolerant. Um, so we don't, we don't keep a lot of regular milk. I used to do half and half, and now I do, like, carnation cream or whatever. Yeah, the dairy thing has been killing me, and yeah. I, I've had to cut it out. Well, I had I had lactose training. intolerance after having stomach flu in May, and, oh. and for a couple weeks because of that thing of, you know, everything was flushed out, and, and I, I couldn't... I, I was f- feeling fine two days later, and then we had people over, and I had made myself a quesadilla with, you know, sour cream and, right. and, and uh, uh, salsa... And I was miserable. I was sick the rest of the night. You know, I felt just nauseated and awful the rest of the night. And it's like, oh crap, I'm 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 lactose intolerant now, and I'm fine now. But it, it was like thing of not really realizing that mm-hmm. after you have a stomach flu, and you know, like a full blown stomach flu, that can happen. Yeah. I had never heard of that. It just had happened to me. So yeah, I've been finding that dairy is, is really hard on the digestion, mm-hmm. especially after you've had like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any sort of stomach trauma, yeah, and you know, pretty much cheese is about all I have now. I used to have half and half in my coffee every morning, and the creamer is the same. Oh, creamer is the worst. Yeah, yeah. Well, but a lot of them say that if you're going to do creamer, instead of using like a chemical creamer or whatever, use half and half, or use you know milk or half and half is better because the real fat is okay for you. the The whole notion of cholesterol and and fat and all that that's found in dairy and and eggs and things like that that everybody was told us all through the 70s and 80s right. was horrible for us they're like yeah not so much I mean that's the thing with science is it's only it's, based on whatever the newest findings are yeah. and they've done all these newer findings with newer technology and newer newer research around the whole cholesterol thing that everybody yeah. was so worried about in the 70s and 80s and you know mar- and it's like don't eat margarine don't eat anything yeah. that's like low, low fat words on it unless it's like like Sour cream, like light sour cream is okay because it's still the same thing. They don't add anything else. Because usually when you have something that's quote unquote low fat or light, they've added something else in to replace it to keep the taste the same. But sour cream, when you pull half the fat out, still tastes like sour cream. It's still the same thing. It's just they've skimmed out some of the fat. They don't add anything else into it. And, you know, like the Daisy Light Sour Cream is just as far, is actually okay to have you know, regular than the regular sour cream. Yeah. So that's one of the few things that's light that you can, that's okay to eat. And I'm finding that it's a largely a numbers game, but the numbers game is, is so general that you know, sometimes you have to figure out the quote unquote food math that works. For oh yeah. You. Yeah. Me- weight loss is a math problem. Yeah. That's all it is. I mean, you can, you can exercise, you can do this and that, but if you're putting in more food than you're burning, then you're just not going to lose weight. Right. And so many people, try to lose weight in certain ways that just it doesn't work and and it's like why are you trying to lose weight if you're trying to look a certain thing no you should be doing it because you want to feel a certain yeah, way yeah. and 
the only way that that actually works with any kind of permanence is the old-fashioned thing that doctors all tell you, diet and exercise. And not diet like being on a diet, but looking at your diet and what you're actually eating. Yeah, there was a whole thing on like how the contestants of, of The Biggest Loser have all gotten oh, yeah. their weight back, yeah. if not more. Only, wow. only, like, only a handful of the hundreds of contestants that have been on that show have kept the weight off. Yeah. Because wow. so many of them are doing some kind of gimmicky diet to right. lose their weight throughout well, the length of that show. But after that show, you lose the trainer, you lose the access to the foods that you were eating, and genetics being what they are, sure. you know. But there's also the myth of that eating healthy is cost prohibitive. It's not. No. And I know so many people who, who say, yeah, I just can't afford to eat healthy. It's like... We're spending less money now than we used to per week on groceries, and 80% of our basket is produce. Yeah. And the foods that are typically bad for you, um, you want to eat more of it as well, mm-hmm. so that cost will... Because of the additives that are yeah. in exactly. there, it, it yeah. causes chemical reactions in you that make them... make. It's like... Mm-hmm. It's just like, so I married an axe murderer. It's because he puts an addictive chemical in his chicken that makes you crave it fortnightly. <laughs> you know, it's true. Yeah. It's true. All of those foods have chemicals, preservatives, and things like that that make you crave those foods again. Yeah. And it's it's and it, it, it keeps you buying... It's the whole economic thing of keeping you buying right. that thing. Whereas if you just go to the store and buy basic meat, you know, raw meat and do it yourself, yeah. raw and raw fruits and vegetables and do them yourself, you're, you're saving money because you're not buying pre-processed crap, which pound for pound costs so much more than raw food. And, and you're also controlling the ingredients. You're not putting all that extra stuff into right. you. And... That's how Danny and I have lost our weight. We we cook all of our own food. We prep all of our own food. We we go really light on sauces. We go really light on certain seasonings, especially salt. You will get your taste buds back. You'll yeah. get your taste buds out. back and yeah. start to appreciate foods for how they really actually taste. Mm-hmm. Like Brussels sprouts. We eat Brussels sprouts like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. And and um, it, it it's just it's. I, we feel the difference every day. And when we eat something crappy, we feel that yeah. almost instantly. And that's yeah. the important thing, I think, is really to focus on the feelings that you want. And really with anything in life, um, it's not focusing on, like, I want this, I want that, I want to look this way, da-da-da-da-da. It's like, how do you want to feel? Right. And then that's where you're going to find the motivation. Yeah. I'm the last person to tell anybody how to live or how what to do. Well, for the most part, but I try, I try anyway, but I just, all I ever do is, is tell people, people, the people always go on the whole looks thing. It's like, oh, you look fantastic. That's a zero sum game. Right. It's like, I feel I'm still the same person as I used to be, you know, and, and, but now you're talking to me because I look, I adhere to some aesthetic now and, and which in and of itself is a little bit hurtful, but, but it's like. I'm not doing this so that I'm pretty for you. I'm doing this so I feel better right. inside, so I feel more more like myself. That I've had this person kind of inside under this layer of, of extra extra person. It's a reawakening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's funny too with me being petite is that everybody when I'm total like I for a long time did not eat healthy at all, and I definitely felt it. I just didn't really realize it till I started the acrobatics. And then I was, I'm very like meat potatoes kind of person. And then everybody would get shocked like, whoa, you're not a vegetarian. You're not a vegan. Because <laughs> yeah. they would make this assumption because of mm-hmm. my size that I'm some sort of like healthy nut. And oh, and there's, there's 
big vegans out there, some fat vegans out there, yeah. you know, I mean, oh, yeah. it's all a matter of what... Because, again, a lot of it is processed substitutes, yep. 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 and... Uh, it, I mean, you really can't fun. really make your own chicken with a with a K, extra K and an apostrophe <laughs> at home. You can't really do that. Oh, that no. takes that takes yeah. processing of it. And that stuff is good. You just have to watch what you're... What, watch how much you consume of it and watch the ingredients that are in it. It's really not about... It's not really about avoiding certain foods or not eating crap or this or that. It's really just about just minding ingredients and, and portion control. Yeah. And that's been the hardest thing in the world for me is portion control because... With the, the hypothalamus thing of not feeling full and not not you know of still being hungry at the end of a meal and eating so fast and all that too and my mom had that her mom had that and so it's a genetic it's genetics genetics cultural too I mean oh totally cultural well America since the since the since before the depression America has always been about bigger and better and, and right. bang for your buck yeah. and greatest value of the most amount of food for the least amount of money and. That's not good. I mean, that's food should be about food should be about fuel and and I mean, yes, there are certain cultures around the world that are food centric, but the but with the way that they eat, I mean, well, you look at you look at like Italian food and and the food that you would get like an Italian restaurant here. It's like, well, people who live in Italy don't necessarily eat like that every day. You know, they don't eat all pasta all the time. They don't eat. And yeah. people, European cultures do eat really rich food, but they also walk everywhere. They also don't mm-hmm. the 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 they don't put a bunch of crap in their preservatives and chemicals and crap in their food. There was this whole thing in America back before the canned food thing happened in, in around the forties, where it's like food had to look a certain way, and it, it kind of started in the forties and fifties of food looking a certain way and adding things to keep food looking that way longer. You know, you take McDonald's hamburger and fries, there's an experiment, it's still online, and you put it out and they have a day counter, and that this this plate of burger and fries from McDonald's been sitting, you know, under yeah. this, in this box, and it looks exactly the same. It hasn't deteriorated, it hasn't broken down. It's all full of, pre- full of preservatives. And, you know, mm-hmm. coming from marketing, that's brand presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nabisco will always look a certain way, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. General Mills will always look a certain mm-hmm. way, and McDonald's will always look a certain way. And I'm not saying that that's all bad, but that is something to consider when you're putting it in your body. Yeah. Well, yeah. also, the big thing that I learned from starting to do these acrobatics and noticing how my body was feeling, and it really got me to explore all this stuff. So I started... Um, testing out certain foods and my number one is bread as well and mm-hmm. I tested out breads and like type of bread that I was eating because I I loved like the like fluffy white super processed bread and it made me happy and it's like no way I'm not cutting it out I just I, I love it it makes me feel great I thought until I started playing around with different types of breads and healthier breads and um also where I grew up, like we make a lot of things from scratch and so my grandfather would make homemade breads and as long as it's fluffy. So that's the thing. I was like, okay, well what is it that I like less? It's because it's fluffy. So I'll just go for a healthier fluffy bread. And when I was doing that, I've never had a sweet tooth. And mm-hmm. also I was like craving all kinds of sweets and I could not go like sugar in that wonder out. bread. And then it, the light bulb went off and I was like because I was getting it from that bread. It's the same thing with fast foods. Like that's why you're craving it so much is because it's fulfilling that sweet. McDonald's fries are boiled in sugar solution before wow. they are frozen. Really? Yeah, that's they I take know. the potatoes, they cut them, and they add. There's this chemical bath or the sugar bath that they get boiled in, and then they get 
frozen and then then they're cooked. That's why McDonald's fries taste the way they do. It's because there's sugar in them. Never covered that in Good Eats. That was a show that I loved. To oh, I love Good Eats because it's the nerdiest food right? show. It's the only food Food Network show I could ever stomach because most of the people on there are pretentious pricks. And and I, I and, don't feel like watching an upteenth episode of Guy Fieri. No, God, no. Oh, let's crap America. Um, yeah, I'm but, not. I'm not. Ugh, no, but, no. but Eats, Alton Brown is amazing. Yeah, he he did a show just on salt. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, "This is this is an odd show to do a, a Food Network show on." And he broke down the science of how salt reacts with certain foods, mm-hmm. and how like a, a common trick if you have like that bitter me- medicine that you hate taking, you don't. The common thing is that you spoonful of sugar, but you take it instead with like a little bit of salt, and it blocks the bitter receptors. Yeah, it blocks the bitter receptors. Yeah. And then it just tastes like liquid going down. I'm like, That's. Mm-hmm. And I tried it because I hate Nyquil. And I was sick, and I'm like, I took a little bit of salt, <laughs> had some Nyquil. I was sick. I wasn't like <laughs> I can, I can, I can choke down a shot of anything. You know, if it's medicine or whatever. You know, I can choke down a shot of anything. There's so many people I've heard throughout the years, like, oh, I don't like the way it tastes, or I don't like the way it makes my nose feel. It's like, well, would you rather be sick, right. or would you rather have to deal with yeah. something tasting bad for thirty seconds? It's I get like, it. come it's on, focusing on the feeling. Right. Like, how do you? Right. Right. What are you willing to do to feel good? Mm-hmm. And for me, a lot of that was like, I don't know if I really want to be hopped up on ibuprofen or Tylenol. But then again, I feel oh. like, oh, it numbs the pain. Ibuprofen and Tylenol are my saviors. <laughs> I, I, I actually did that trick where you interswap them when with the fever, and worked like a charm. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, but choking down medicine just to feel better like has helped. But, you know, there are times when I'm like, oh, God, I'm, I, I overthink it. And then it suddenly becomes like this thing in the room that I have to deal with. But it's also um, masking what you really need. And that's mm-hmm, rest. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. definitely push that too far a lot mm-hmm. of the time. We all which have. Which is why you get yeah. sick. Yeah. And why it prolongs that Your sickness. body needs needs level three REM sleep it to does. repair itself. And yeah. people talk about cleanses and it drives no. them insane. <laughs> yeah. You want to cleanse? You, you want to cleanse? Yeah. Drink water. Yeah. Get eight hours sleep. Yeah. You'll be cle- you'll be completely detoxed and cleansed nightly. You'll poop regularly. It'll be yes. great. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, drinking that water, figuring all that out with that, I was not drinking. I would go a full day without drinking water, and I really wouldn't notice. And I was getting sick all the time. I was not feeling good, and it was triggering all these issues. And I wasn't picking up on it. Um, just because it becomes such a part of my daily routine. And then water, really, it does so much for you. Rest yeah, and drinking yeah, water. Yeah, eight hours sleep. I mean, that, that's that's the, that's the formula. For every, what are you yeah. doing? N-E-W-S. Nutrition, yeah. exercise, water, and sleep. Yeah. You work out five times a week. You drink a lot. You drink uh, eight to ten uh, gla- cups, yeah. like cups of water a day. You try to get at least seven hours sleep a night. And you and you maintain a, cl- a certain caloric intake and, and food you know, portion control size, and that's it. Yeah, and I I hate exercising. Like, I can't go to the gym, which is where our practice for the acrobatics is so great because I'm not thinking about it. It's just totally In terms of exercise, but you're doing movement. it, yeah. And so it's finding those, like, little tricks of how, you know, I used to walk everywhere. I lived mm-hmm. in Boston, mm-hmm. and we would walk everywhere, and that's all that I really needed was, like, movement and... T- where it's not a fix a focus on like because that's not going to be lasting that's not going to give you longevity if you're fixating on something like a look or a uh, I have to do this or 
that food is bad for me, that probably isn't going to last. It has to mm-hmm. be, you have to find it's what's It's an overall comprehensive you. Yeah. Yeah. deeper meaning. To, yeah. Deeper meaning, yeah. yeah. And, you know, uh, I mean, we're all doers by nature, and, you know, I, I think Danny brought this up when you guys were working the con, was that, she, you know, when you're in the, the quote-unquote zone... And, and you're you're doing your thing. Sometimes you have to be reminded: drink water, drink water, you know, eat, go to the bathroom, you know, right? Because yeah. like you're just you become workaholics and you get trapped in that cycle. And sometimes, whether you're reminding yourself or someone else is having to remind you, rest. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, eight hours sleep is is great. I, you know, after having, I, I'm so thankful that both boys are sleeping through the night. Yeah, yeah. Because you know that interrupted sleep oh, is. Yeah. Killer. Speaking of interruptions, I'm going to pause for just a second. <laughs> Having the pee. But that was one of those things that, that, that people don't tell you about, about drinking more water. You have to go to the bathroom a lot more. I mean, there's days when I am in and out of the bathroom like a pregnant racehorse <laughs> with prostate trouble. <laughs> I mean, we're talking like every 45 minutes, like clockwork, gotta pee, gotta pee, gotta pee. We have this online uh, chat thing that we use at work that all of our engineers because they're kind of spread around the country and we all chat on this thing and you can go back and look through the feed throughout the day and every 45 minutes BRB 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 because I'm off to go pee again try being on a road trip with her when she needs to pee and I'm just like oh my god we can't get there any faster because well, I'll hold it I got because of production sure, I mean sure. I don't have time for anything and I get so focused into what I was doing that um, I hours would go by, a full day would go by, I wouldn't have one sip of water, and then part of it was subconsciously because I knew I didn't have time to pee. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started to try, and again, it's like finding those little tricks until it works, until it sticks, and you develop the muscle memory, because I started to putting a straw <laughs> into my water, and drinking from the straw made me drink a lot more. Yeah, straw cut. Yeah. I just reflexively, I can't have this mm-hmm. with me everywhere, yeah. and in the car, at the desk, at yeah. work. I just reflexively every every like Muscle 10, memory. 15, yeah. Yeah. every at least once a minute and picking the thing up to take a sip of if water. I, if I leave anywhere for an extended period of time and I don't have like a bottle of water next to me, I get a little kind of manicky. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I try not to show it, but I, I feel the need. I'm like, where's that bottle of water? Yeah. Yeah, and you just have to it. make it easy. Make, And that's the other thing with everything we've been talking about is just find the way to make it easier on yourself until it becomes a habit. And to not make things stressful about it. That, that's that, that could be. That, that's something we do. Like as I mean, I do it. Sometimes the thing that I love, I end up stressing about it. And you know, I, you know, passion being what it is, like you you will turn it into a thing until it's like this big elephant in the room, and you mm-hmm. have to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like snap sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's important know. to catch it before that happens, mm-hmm, but. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hypoglycemic. If I don't eat, I'm oh. like—I mean, I actually had an a, 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 like an almost full-blown episode the other day mm-hmm. that and for the first time in a year or more, where I was just like my hands were—I was having tremors because I hadn't eaten, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and people are like, well, just have that in that whole commercial with the Snickers bar is horse shit. I can't just eat a candy bar that no, will make me worse. No, swir- I have to have—I have yeah. to have a meal. meal. If yeah. I don't have, I have to have like at least a sandwich or something yeah. like that. I have to have something with. With some protein and fat and Substance. some vegetable being, content. Yeah. Being hangry is a real thing. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I... My mom's even worse than I am. I mean, she gets turned into a maniac. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, my kids... And it can ruin too, your whole like, day. Yeah, oh, it yeah. can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and trying to work through that is 
brutal, uh, you know, because then you, you ha- you're almost apologetic to everyone right. until you're like, you know, until you just come to the realization, you know what, I just need some freaking calories. The one thing that drives me crazy, though, is once you've shared that, that you have that thing with somebody, then anytime you're ever even the slightest bit irritable, they go, have you eaten? And you're like, yeah. fuck yeah. you. <laughs> I will tell you when I need to eat, not you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I could have just had uh, Thanksgiving dinner, <laughs> and I would still be mad mad about this. I, I that'll bring up other things. Actually. Yeah, I um, I, that just started happening happening to me when I was new to California, and I was dating someone who quickly picked up on that, and luckily he did because I didn't understand where this like new mood shift was coming from, and I'd be like. Because I'm also very easygoing, and you know, I'd be like, oh, "Are you getting hungry?" I'm like, mm, "Nah, I think I could wait." And he started picking up on like, if she even is kind of considering being hungry, I need to like bring Get her, her food now. Now, and I would crack up about it because I was like, because yes. I was still figuring that out, and yes. I, I'm just, I want to be like, no big deal, whatever, it's yeah. fine. And then mm-hmm. it, no, mm-hmm. I quickly mm-hmm. learned I need to carry, and if I even start to think I'm hungry. First, I would double check, like, am I thirsty or am I hungry? Right, yeah, yeah. You chuck some water first. Exactly. Then it's like, even if I'm, because yeah. peckish can turn into oh, angry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. I would snap and I would completely turn it into a puddled mess where I would be sitting on the floor of the restaurant <laughs> with my head in my hands. And he oh. was, like, having to go up to wait stop being like, yo, like, when can we sit down? Like, look at this girl. And... It was so embarrassing, but I, I, there was nothing I could do because I was just completely crumbling. Mm. Yeah. Been there. Been yeah. There. And. So what, do you guys have any projects coming up? Uh, we got a bunch of teaching projects that are coming up. Mm. Um, uh, so, well, I, why don't you start because you have some that are separate from mine. Um, we have a goddess event coming up in oh, Malibu on July 9th. And that is to really just take a minute to um, support the feminine and to, uh, you know, really understand that the, the strength that females have and, mm-hmm. and um, to support each other. Because so many times women turn on each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've and, sisters got to stick together. And so it's kind of just bringing it back to that. Of, there's no reason to be feel threatened by other females. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's just support each other. Yeah. And um, me and Leah are doing a lady-based workshop there to... You know, make it in a very literal sense about lifting each other up. Yes. And about breaking through stereotypes that other people impose on us, as well as like boundaries that we set on ourselves. That it's, um, yeah, it's just like like literally, let's uplift each other. Fantastic. Yeah. We're big, big, big proponents of power of the feminine, you know, in the world and the universe yeah. and the whole thing. And we're big, big. I'm a, I'm a. Dickhead feminist. I am screaming <laughs> lefty, feminist, liberal, like, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, oh, honey, please don't turn on each other. You get enough shit from men as it is. Let's, let's be nice to one another. Well, that's the thing. It's There's like, no scarcity of good, pe- of good men out there. There's no scarcity of good, good partners out there. Yeah. Don't but fight amongst just, yourselves. Well, that's, people. sometimes where it gets triggered is like, you don't want to scare the man away and then you turn it on the female instead of like mm-hmm, really mm-hmm, putting mm-hmm. that in the right places of where yeah. that threat is coming from and, yeah. you know, 
And we also teach like a once a month workshop to really just encourage everybody to support each other. Fantastic. Uh, and uh, see the other teaching pro- we're teaching uh, on July 16th uh, our get up slot that was why we did why we buried me yeah uh, and uh, so for those of you that want to uh, take your L basing to standing we're going to combine both and then divine play in October oh, yeah. cool uh, so I think that's basically it and then we have uh, shows with uh, Javier Sandoval uh, you can check his work out um, well, I guess we'll give you a URL. Yeah, yeah. Give me the URL. I want I want the the video of the the bearing video, and I want the other the other old the, show the, the Nerf one if you have that yeah, one too. Absolutely. I want I want links to that. I'll put them up. Cool. We also have a video for the goddess too. Oh, cool. If you're in cool, cool. Excellent. That's so what are, what's out what's out uh, media wise that you're recommending to people? Could be you know read, seen, heard, anything. Game of Thrones. Oh gosh! Yeah, yeah, everybody's everybody's digging Game of Thrones this yeah. season, and that also shows like just a bunch of like strong people just in general, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been I keep recommending Angie Tribeca, and I love I love 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 Lady Dynamite. I keep recommending the same thing for week after week, but Maria Bamford's series on Netflix, Lady Dynamite, is so great. Her whole take on mental illness and, mm-hmm. and living with that and dealing with that and the stuff that she had to go through with her parents and her, even her friends and, mm-hmm. and coming back from that and wow. being more, you know, being in a better place. So um, being really, really, truly brave and outspoken about the fact of, yeah, I was in a mental hospital and wanted to kill myself. And, but, you know, and I bounced back from that, you know. Uh, I guess for me, um, I just wrapped up uh, Daredevil 2, mm-hmm. uh, season 2. Uh, that was great. Um, and... Uh, I've actually been branching out more into music lately, mm-hmm. um, whether it's old or new. Um, the new Tegan and Sarah album has been... I just great. got a copy of it's that. It's awesome. Just got a copy it's of really that. really nice. And um, uh, I've been uh, peering through a lot of the uh, back catalog of Nico Case. I uh, love Nico Case. She, she did a cover um, of uh, one of Aretha... I want to say it's Aretha Franklin songs, um, uh, Running Out of Fools. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Was, like... Her vocal craftsmanship. Is, I love Nico Case. She's she's done a lot of work, uh, kind of comedy type work. She's she oh. was on Super Ego uh, for an episode, and uh, she's been on The Nerdist a couple yeah. times. Yeah. She's great. Cool. And I think that's about all I'm really looking to media wise. So I've just been listening to a lot of audiobooks. Great. And what I you- I really like um, Richard Branson's uh, The Virgin Way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I. I really love how he views leadership and it comes from like a real place again with that longevity it's not coming from like I want to make money I want to have these companies I you know it's coming from something that he really enjoys and that's where he all of these are passions for him and I've really learned so much and that's really where also I identify because I'm also a boss and um for me, I uh, roll with it from, uh, I find people who are really good at what they do or really love what they do, mm-hmm. and then I put them in that role, and I'm like, you do your thing. Mm-hmm. And that's when all his magic happens, and that's what he talks about. Cool. I find it really fascinating. Excellent. Excellent. Cool. Um, plug your stuff. Where can people find you online? Uh, you go first. Uh, Instagram, I'm acroant. And on Facebook, I'm... Ant as in ant or ant as in aunt? Ant as in the little insect. Insects, okay. Yeah. Acro yeah, ants, cool. the, you know, the tiny yet mighty. Yeah, cool. And working as a team. Nice. And then on Facebook, I'm Kelly Thayer. Okay. 
Uh, Brian Bayes on Facebook, uh, B E L L E Z A, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, uh, IVI the Batman IVI uh, on Instagram, and uh, I have a YouTube which has a really long URL. So just look for Play LA Acro on YouTube, and you'll find uh, videos uh, of our various projects. That's like your troop uh, location. Yeah. Cool. Cool portal if you will pretty much thanks for for chatting today this has been awesome this has been really great so we'll definitely have you guys on and if you want to bring more people too that's cool too but yeah this is this is great i really appreciate you you guys coming on today so i'm at saint michael on twitter that's s-a-y-n-t-m-y-k-l check out our blog listen to past episodes on something2xp.net we are everywhere online as something2xp please subscribe and review us on itunes stitcher google play music podcasts Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like us on Facebook and Google+. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. And remember, please be kind. You've just listened to the Something Something Experience podcast with your host, Michael John Simpson. Something2xp was conceived and produced by Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Ciceri. Please visit our website and blog at something2xp.net. You can find us online everywhere as Something2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and find us now on Google Play Music. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and like us on Facebook and Google+. Please help support our podcast and get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash something2xp. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind. <laughs>